you beauty. G'day guys and welcome to Dreams Into Success. I'm your host Chris Goodrope and each episode we bring you an inspiring story or message that will encourage you to face your fears and live your dreams. Before we get started today, I just want to say a big thank you to our sponsors here at Dreams Into Success, Robert Oatley Wines and Rode Microphones. And don't forget to visit my website, chrisgoodrope.com. Follow this podcast on Instagram at Dreams Into Success and subscribe to my YouTube channel at Dreams Into Success if you want to watch the episodes. Or if you prefer to listen, you can find me at Apple iTunes or Spotify so you don't miss an episode. This is episode number six with spiritual life coach, Adam Edwards. Today, I'm excited to have our very first spiritual life coach on the show. This man has an amazing story where from afar and the outside, it seemed like he was living the dream life, owning bars and nightclubs all across Melbourne, holding parties and events that no young 18 to 35 year old ever wanted to miss out on, and was the envy of many. Plenty of friends, unlimited drink cards, rubbing shoulders with all the sports stars and celebrities and becoming wealthy along the way, to eventually walking away from it all, finding his true identity and this as a spiritual life coach. Please welcome Adam Edwards. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me, buddy. And uh, I tell you, man, you just brought back a whole bunch of memories. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, great memories, I'm sure. Well, good and bad, funnily enough. Yeah. 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 Well, mate, it's, it, you've got an incredible story. Um, I met you, what, probably maybe 12, 15 years ago, which is probably yeah. showing our age. <laughs> Beach Hotel, Ocean Blue. Oh, could, mate, those were the days, weren't they? Uh, those days. They, was, they were great days. And, um, mate, you were the main man. You're, you're in the scene. Um, you're at all the hot spots of bars and clubs in Melbourne. Can you, can you take me back there and tell me how it all, all started for you? Wow. Just haven't even thought about that for a long time yet. Oh, you know what? I'm just trying to think back. Yeah, I remember I finished school. Um, I was doing a degree in architecture, didn't finish it, moved into illustration, didn't finish it. And then I remember, that's, that's right, this is how it all happened. Nick Russian. Yeah. actually started with Nick Russian. Nick Rushen, oh, actually, no, no, it started at Chase's. Anyway, I'll go, oh, sorry, I'll go back again. Sorry, <laughs> it started so many places. I was working at Telstra. Right. In right? a job that was just, I, I hated it. It was customer service. It was yep. kind of good money and I was working long weekends and, making extra money and I was able to save enough money to go overseas. I actually did it to, to save up to go overseas. Right. And then Nick Russian, I don't know where I met him, but I think it was one of the bars somewhere along the way. He just goes, hey, do you want to buy a bar together? And I was like, I don't know, yep. Yep. Yeah, why not? And he goes, well, if you can get some money together, me and five, four of my mates, him and his brother and three other, two other guys and me, are starting, starting a bar called Aqua Bar. Right. Right, and I said, okay. So he goes, get some money together, and we, I got some money together and gave it to him. And next thing you know, I was an owner of a bar. Wow, how old were you? I was probably 20, 28, 29. Right, maybe maybe younger. Fairly young, yeah. Yeah, I think Nick would have been. He, would, he probably would have been twenty one. He'd just come off Temptation Island. Right, okay. and he like, he, he, and it was the first time <clears throat> anyone like that sort of became famous after a reality TV show. That yep. reality TV show back then was just, it was new, and he was sort of. Popular straight away, and we come off TV. Everyone recognised him. <coughs> Pardon me. And then he goes, "Let's buy a bar." And so, 
587 St Kilda Road, Aquabar was born, and I found myself becoming a promoter. Right. That's kind of how it started. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so yeah. I was sort of, I guess, before, you know, Facebook and Instagram, I was literally ringing people up. So I would message, no texting. Yep. Sorry, there's no texting. I would ring people up just from phone numbers that I had and say, hey, come, come down to the, the bar. bar. It, was, yeah. it was a really hard work. I remember because during that time, because that's where I was working at, um, oh, what's it called, a, a place on King Street. I was working at Telstra. Yep. This, is, this is how it happened. I was working at Telstra. I was making a wage. I started promoting, and this is how Nick found me, by the way. That's yep. right. I started promoting, and I was making more money one night a week on a Friday night promoting a bar than I was at my wage when I was doing 45, 50 hours wow. a week. So that's when Nick goes, you want to come? I went, oh, I don't want to do this. It's a no-brainer, really. For you, and I, and I didn't know what I wanted to do either. So a bar seemed like fun. It seemed like it would be a good idea. And then he goes, <clears throat> um, what do you say? He goes, um, oh, he goes, I'm trying to remember what he said. Yeah, so that's right. So I decided that I would resign, Telstra, Mm. And go into the bars full time, yeah. Yeah. And full full time, yeah. and yeah, oh man, that's where it started. Yeah, wow. <laughs> right there. Wow. I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just getting so much information. Yeah, from, uh, mate, obviously, you know, it was a great time for you because, um, well, I assume you know, like we often as, as awesome we, at the start, as we said, like even just before we started here, we, you would have a conversation with so many people, and it would only be two, three, four, five minutes, and that's it. Um, did you find yourself? You know, when you had so much attention at these bars and, and, and look, I had we all had the best fun ever. Yeah, Did you ever feel the need to be someone else or, or show up each time at this bar or club and be an upbeat Adam Medwards or, or, or did you stay true to who, who you were still then? Yes, I had to show up as my happy self. Um, I was the face of the business always. So um, it was exhausting. It was really fun at the start. Yeah, I've got to say, the first five years, Ocean Ocean Blue, Beach Hotel, um, around Barclay when I started running Barclay. Yeah, I remember that. Thank you. When I started yeah. running Barclay. I started, I started getting heavy, mm. but I mean, it was exhausting. Yeah. I, I didn't realise it was exhausting until I realised it got exhausting. Yeah, because it was just drinking, like so. And we'll talk about values later. Like values, my highest value. I didn't know what my highest value was, but my highest value was health. Right. So I'll train every week, go to the gym and stuff, but I was destroying myself on the weekend. Alcohol, drugs, mm. partying. Yeah. Everything was free. Yeah. Free alcohol, free everything. Always. It's kind of like, it's exciting for yeah. a young guy. You know, it's like, you're popular and it's, I mean, from the ego point of view, it was fantastic. And it was working for you as well, wasn't it? Oh, look, yeah. I mean, I, I love people, so it was, it was pretty easy, but um, I did have to, I wouldn't say someone else. I was always being myself, mm. but I had to, but... I had to drink. I had to drink so I could be on that level. Really? Yeah, okay. Because often it would happen, and this recently, recently when I left a couple of years ago when I sold out of the clubs and moved towards coaching, <clears throat> I found myself um, um, just, well, someone would get there at nine. Say you rocked up at nine. Say yeah. you're a really bad drunk. Yeah. You don't know who's the bad drunk, by the way. Yeah. So you get there at nine o'clock. By 11, you're you know more friendly. Hey, hey, going ads. By... 12.30, you're a different person. Mm. It's all that happened. Usually by one o'clock, different people come back to me and yep. hugging me and like all over. And it's like, oh my God, it was heavy energy. Yeah. And really, really took it out of me. Mm. So I did have to be, I had to drink to be that. Long term, I had to drink 
to stay wow like on point so what have uh, and there's so much to that by the way yeah yeah, yeah. so what if you're uh, looking back now and, and we'll, we'll we'll get to how it all how your life changed but looking yeah. back now and reflecting on it i don't i'm sure you already have but yeah. how do you feel now knowing that alcohol and drugs and, and and everything else like that was your almost your calm way for you to calm down and, and enjoy enjoy the night they're not the answer yeah <laughs> that's the answer yeah yeah look i mean i mean i could have drank less it's hard because you rock up i've got 500 people now i'm talking to everyone wants to have a drink with the owner yeah so you can't you can't get away with under 30 40 drinks even though you might sip one put them down yep. you're getting away with about 30 yeah that's and, a big and, night isn't but it? not even being drunk yeah so i got so used to it that i could drink and it wouldn't affect you really. and then of course you add in add in drugs yeah so you know one o'clock in the morning you're pretty exhausted you're yep. kind of heavy you just yep. you do you know someone's got something you never have to pay for it. Someone go, hey, do you want to come? I'm like, okay. Yeah. It was like that, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not ashamed to say it because it's just, it was part of the industry. No, and it's a big learning, hasn't oh, it? Huge. So, mate, let, let's do that then. Let's fast forward. You, yeah. You, it was almost four years ago now in Bali, I believe. Yeah. You met a guy named Carl Massey. Mm. Can you explain how that came about for me and, and how the transition out of the nightclub and, and bar scene in Melbourne? You changed my life. I owe a lot to that man. He's he's um, still very good friends, and I still run his program through my coaching. So I use his program through my coaching. Right. Um, yeah. So alcohol partying got to the point where I was so exhausted. I used to hear every night. I don't know how you do this, Adam. All the time. How do you do this? I'm like, I didn't know how I did it. And so so twice a year. So rather than having four weeks off a year, I used to take eight weeks off. So it was known with my partners. I was just taking eight weeks off because yep. he needs eight weeks to, to recover. Yeah. And so I'd go away for four weeks at a time, twice a year, sometimes three times a year, three weeks. Whatever it was, I just made it up as I was going, but I needed to get away. And Bali was your sanctuary, wasn't Bali it? Bali was always, for me, where I found peace. But it took me, and I call this, I call it the breath. It would take me 10, the day I got to Bali, it took me 10 days I breathe. Wow. So it was 10 days of unwinding madness, like millions of conversations, you know, heaps of drama, just getting it all down to the point where I'd go, <sighs> my wife would go, oh, you're back. My wife would say to me, oh, you're back. So she really enjoyed that point. But one particular time, four years ago, I was in Bali and I remember I was doing the same thing. I had 40 tabs open on my computer. I was just, just taking in so much information. Tony Robbins, Wayne Dyer, Alan Watts, like Oprah, just 40 minutes, 50 minutes, like Even that's six hours quite a day. Cluttered, isn't it? Like, extra information. Right? Just, I was just literally just looking for the answer because mm. I was miserable. The first five years of the bars were great. Second five years, a bit heavier. Third five years, it really started to hurt. And the, the last four years, five years was devastating because I was exhausted. I didn't know how to get out. Mm. Anyway, so my escape was Bali. So I get to Bali, all these tabs open. Mind you, I was at a place too that I put on weight. I put on weight <laughs> during this period of time, drinking and partying and, you know, Uber Eats four or five times a day. As you would, you know. Right, in my, my flat in Richmond. And I was like, I, I, was, I was, that's right. So I got to, I got to Bali. Um, You're sitting at your computer. Sitting at my computer, that's right. And then I was, so I was just so much going on in this yeah. space for me. Yeah, so... My wife goes, why don't we, because she goes, you're going crazy. 
with me, going nuts yeah. all over the place. Because what was happening, I'd get to Bali, I'd put on 10 kilo over that period of time, uh, and I'd lose a 10 kilo in four weeks, oh. every time. So talk about yo-yo, I'd go there and say, yeah. two hours in the morning, off I went. Single on backpack on, heavy backpack, I'd just boot it for two hours, sweat my ass off, four or five waters, come back, go to the gym, train for an hour, at night time go again. Wow. On top of that, what I was doing to do that, in Bali you can get ephedra for free. Uh, ephedra, you can buy ephedra, it's illegal in Australia. It's like speed. Right. I'll bomb one of those in the morning, off I go. Afternoon, bang again, go again. And mid-afternoons, I didn't, so I could still sleep. Mm. And I'll take that and then I'll just go while I was reading and studying. And, and it was like, you're going crazy. And I was. Mm. You know, I was thinking fast, I was speaking fast, I was just lost. Mm. So she goes, turn off your computer. She was pretty adamant about it. She goes, we're going, you're taking three days off. I was like, oh, okay, like. And so I shut down everything, but I, let, I left one of the tabs open because I thought, I don't want to lose my spot here. <laughs> Sometimes but, you do. And that. I hadn't listened to that one in particular. Anyway, so, so funny. We go away for three days, no caffeine, eating healthy. And I, I remember that's when I had that breath again. <sighs> got back to the, back to the villa. And you know, sort of sneakily went over to my computer. I'm just going to check my computer, M. And jumped on. And there was this one tab. I opened it and it said, your beliefs, this changed my life, this moment. Your beliefs are controlling your life. I went, play. Five minutes in, I, and I said to M, I said, come, come, can you come over here? Listen to this. We waited it, played it again. 26-minute video, your beliefs are controlling your life. Whatever was said in that video, and or maybe I'll post it after this podcast, but... The st- information that he posted in that video was Carl Massey. And I went, oh my God, my beliefs are controlling my life. What's it even mean? But I got what he was saying. He was talking about the subconscious mind. He's talking about the first zero to seven years. But everything you and I, everyone, everything you learn becomes your belief. Yeah. Your environment, whatever mum and dad said to you. If dad or mum said, you stupid little kid, then that, beca- that can become a belief. And if you're thinking that, you're coming from that place your whole life. This is why there's so many problems because people are coming from a place of bad beliefs. Wow. Okay, keep the good ones, but there's a whole bunch of bad ones. If you're at school and you get teased or you're bullied, you're watching a horror movie and you get scared, all these things can cause you to have a belief about something. Right? Oh. So Rumi's famous quote, it's powerful, give me a child to the age of seven and I'll show you the man. Wow. It's powerful, right? Yeah, so, absolutely. And that's a huge basis of my, my coaching. Anyway, so I, I saw Carl Massey Aussie voice, and I've gone, okay, well, I jumped on his website, and there he was, you know, ex-army major. I thought, that's what I need. An army major is... <laughs> Kicking the Because I came from a childhood where anything goes. Mum mm. and dad divorced when I, was, when I was in the months. Moved house, moved 15 times before I was 20. I'm different school every year, different house, different school, different house, different school. Um, and all over the place. Mm. No structure, no strategy. There it was, Carl Massey, master strategist, master life coach. I've gone, I'm going to speak to this guy. Yeah. My wife goes, why don't you email him? I was in Bali. Hey, Carl, it's Adam, interested in you know, maybe some coaching? And he wrote back that night, 11 p.m. Hi, Adam, I live in Bali. Is this for synchronicity? Joking. Because when you ask the question hard enough, when you look hard enough, when you want to change... You, you manifested. I was already doing all the work trying to find the answers, but even though it was all clutter, it came when I got a moment of stillness and, and there it was. I said, hey, Carl, you know, any chance we can catch up? He goes, it was Sunday, 
I'll meet you on Thursday. No alcohol, no caffeine, no sugar. I want you to clear and calm when I meet you. So I go to his, he owned a place called The Practice in Bali, a big yoga studio, it was beautiful. I go upstairs and there he is sitting like a little Buddha. He's sitting there like a little Buddha. He looks up at me. He's, mind you, I wasn't very calm at that time. I was very much all over the place. Mr. Calm, little Buddha, like perfectly still Buddha. And he goes, um, gets up, he goes, how are you going? It's the first time anyone's ever looked at me and went straight through my eyes, looks like, looked through me. Because oh, yeah. what had happened prior to him seeing me, he, um, he asked me to fill out some, some, some details, some two documents, which I send to all my clients now. Yeah. So I teach everything he taught me, I pass yeah, it. Yeah, passing on. And so these two documents, what level are you, what, what level are you, and what, um, and two, sorry, two documents. Anyway, so I, <coughs> he, um, yeah, he said, um, let's go for a walk. So first of all, he looked through me and I was like, wow, this guy's on to me. And he goes, let's go for a walk. So we walked around this, this yoga studio and, he, and this is the moment, I guess, probably changed my life for the most. It's the moment I realised he had to coach me. Mm. I had coaches before him. Okay. And, and, there were, and there were two coaches before him and one was really good but I wasn't ready for it. Mm. And the one before that was not much top. Yeah. But he rocked up and anyway, so we walked around and he goes, um, okay, so question number 23, for example, I can't remember what it was, but he goes, is that true? I said, yeah, yeah, it's, it's true. He goes, how's it true? I went, it was very embarrassing. Yeah. Because I knew it wasn't true, but I knew he knew. Right. What was the question? Um, something oh, about yeah. the bars. Right. Something about, something. Yeah. And, and uh, he did it three or four times. So you're trying to protect yourself. Yeah, basically. 100%. So, mm. and he said, listen, um, that's the way we're going to do it, we're done. I said, oh, what do you mean? He goes, if you're going to lie to me, we're done. Mm. I go, I couldn't compute it. I hadn't been called out. I was always the boss, always running the bars, always the person people look to. Mm. But here's this guy, 14 years in the army, a major in the army, you know, master strategist. He was on to me. He was. On to me. He walked around again. He goes, tell me about that. And he goes, um, I answered it again. I can't remember what the questions were, sorry. But I answered it. He goes, is that true? I said, that's no, not true. So I started realising then, where am I? Yeah. So at this point, you were completely lost. You were, um, you didn't know where you were. You didn't know what your next step in life was. Did, was it a, would you call it a, a, a depression stage at all? Or, or did you go through any anxiety? I went, I went through depression earlier. Right. Depression when, when I was 25. Okay. Um, that's a good story too. <laughs> a depression story. Well, once again, um, bad breakup. We'll go back to Carl in a second, but yeah, the, the quick story of the depression, and this is kind of this is what led me to go down the road of personal development. Right. So I had I had a friend who ended up becoming my mentor at this particular junction. He he um he came around one day and he said, "What's wrong with you?" I said, "Nothing." He goes, "I was on antidepressants, and if anyone knows anything about antidepressants, they make you feel good, but you certainly don't look good. You right. feel it's an artificial feeling of feeling good inside, although it's not a really nice feeling. I call it the black cloud days." Mm. For me, there was like a constant black cloud just hovering over, no, no real light. Anyway, he said, "Come up to the house, bring your phone." And um, went up to the house, and he goes, "This is really powerful." And it's funny because the same thing happened with the car. It happened then, but I didn't see the signs then. This is this is fifteen years earlier. All right. So, so my friend Steve goes, um, "Let's have a seat." He goes, "Okay, stand up." He goes, um, "Who are you?" I went, "My name's Adam. I'm a good guy." He goes, "No, no, 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 no." Okay, go. He goes, 
who are you, Ads? I said, I'm 27, I'm a really nice person, I've got great friends and good family. He goes, no, 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 no sit down. I go, what F do you want me to do? He goes, <laughs> okay. And he started getting serious, born again Christian guy. Get up again, he started getting a bit more firm with me. I was like, oh, what's going on here? And he goes, uh, okay, get up again. He goes, so who are you, Ads? I go, Like that, I'm a friend of Steve's. Um, Didn't know what to say. Went to school and got lost. He goes, "Sit down." He started yelling at me. He actually said the f word, which is something I I'd never heard from him before. He goes, "Get up! Who, who are you?" I went. I started crying. I'm pulling my eyes out. Mm. And he goes, "It's cool, man. It's all right. Just, just, just get into the get into the base point." And he goes, "What's the answer?" I said, "I don't know who I am." He goes, "I don't know, man. It's all right. We'll work on it." And so he became my mentor then. But two and a half that I bought nightclubs. Wow. So I was on the path then. Mm. So this coaching path, he was like, you need to, you should be a coach. You got it's a great experience. I've had a tough, tough childhood. You should move into coaching. He always said that about me. But I bought, and I, and I was so miserable at Telstra, I, I needed to find something else as well. Yeah, you wanted another about, outlet. I didn't even think about coaching mm. at the time. So, mate, you, you, and, uh, thanks for that. That's a great yeah. insight, mate. Mm. And, and it's funny that it happened, you know, as a 25-year-old and then all twice for you, wasn't 25 it? 25 and 45. Yeah, wow. 40, 40, yeah, 42. So, mate, 43. you went, you, you mentioned you felt lost, um, mm. you know, you're lonely, you went through this depression. What what advice would you give to those people out there who, who are feeling lost at the moment and, and don't know what direction they should take in life? What, what do you do as a life coach there and what advice can you give them? Know thyself. That's the thing that's um, Epicurus or it might be Socrates. Know thyself. It's huge. It's hard to explain what the whole, that means, but knowing thyself means getting to know yourself. Because if you don't know who you are, once again, back to the beliefs. If you're this person up to the age of seven, you've built a whole series of beliefs you're not even aware of. They're subconscious, mm. right? And you move forward and you, you you come from a place of lack. So you had no money when you are younger. If you don't believe that you can make money, if it's not a belief, it's not happening for you. So how, so how, do, people, how do people then try and discover who so they are? How it happened for me? Every week, I got a coach. I definitely, by far, the best thing I ever did. So mm. I didn't know myself until I met Carl. And the, and the first thing he would say to me every week, slow down. Stop. Like, slow down. Take a breath. Breathe. And then he started helping me get rid of my distractions. Get rid of this distraction that wasn't... Distractions that aren't serving you. Things you're doing that aren't serving you. Eating bad food. You know, not doing exercise. Um, in a job you hate. It's the ultimate distraction. Mm. So getting a coach and being guided, because it comes down to negative and positive thinking too. Well, mate, that's exactly a, a really nice segue, actually. You mm. must have read my notes. I don't know. I haven't read your notes. Mate, because I've got here, you, you're often posting some great content on a daily basis. Okay. You know, you, you're inspiring quotes and messages. I think um, I looked at one yesterday, which I loved. Yeah. One small positive thought in the morning can change your whole day. Loved that. And then you've got, I think your background is um, something about trusting good vibes. Yeah. Mate. That, that, that's a deep, that quote, when I, when I posted that, mm. was a deep quote for me. There's so much information behind that quote. And I, I really do, you know, I showed you before, if you look at my phone, mm. my whole phone is thousands and thousands of quotes. I'm, I'm saving them every chance I get. But that quote, um, vibes. Yeah. You know, there's a gut feeling. You're in a, in, a, in a higher guy, your higher self, whatever it is, it's there. 
So how important is it to try and carry that through your your, your day or your your life? Trusting the vibes mm. or, or having that positive outlook. Vital. Well, it's like you know, there's, there's the thing called the law of polarity. Right? You heard of it before? No, I haven't. It's, a, it's the, one of the things I teach as a coach. Right. When you get when you understand that there is a law of polarity. So, for example, there is a law of gra- gravity. Right. So every time I drop that phone, yep. it's going to land in the same space at the same height, same time, and everyone can measure it and test it. Every person in the world can test it for the next four billion years. It's going to be the same thing, same speed, same thing. Mm. It's going to always gravity's going to take it down. Polarity is the law of opposites. So you can apply a law of up, down, back, forward, you know, black, white. You know, there's a whole bunch of stuff with polarity, right? But it also applies to your thoughts. Mm. This is the powerful part. Yeah. If you have a negative thought, there's always a corresponding positive thought. Right. It's a really powerful way to look at things. Yeah, so knowing absolutely. knowing that these are the law of polarity, these are the universal laws that govern everything. Mm. That polarity says that you're having a negative thought, you can. Have a positive thought. So there's always another way of ha- looking at a situation. Well, it's reframing anything. You know? mm. And then as a coach, you, you use, you know, the power of words, so what you're telling yourself, movement, mm. right? Um, listening to music, whatever it is to change your state. That's what you'll do. If you're, I've got someone who's going through deep depression, I'll, I'll work a lot on them changing their state. Because right. Tony Robbins talks about it for years, right? Yeah. So as long as you're changing your state, like you can't, you can't be sad if you're smiling. Mm. You just practice smiling all day. You can't be sad because of the way... It, does it yeah. creates endorphins, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, right, so um, you know you're only you're only one thought away from a better thought. Wow, that's so being, and, but the problem is, is I was everyone I've coached was was programmed with negativity, mm. negative thoughts. Mum and dad didn't mean it; they just passed down their negative thoughts to you. People, kids at school didn't mean it; they'll pass down from their kids. Some teacher, an uncle, you know, an uncle who was. You know, alcoholic, you come over when you're five years old, hey, buddy, you're swearing in your ear. Little things. When you're in that sort of formative stage, when you haven't, your frontal lobe hasn't been fully developed yet, your whole your brain keeps growing until it's 25, I think, 21, 25. Mm. It's not developing, but, you know, you learn all the negative stuff when you're young, but you're not aware of it. Because it's like a sponge, isn't it? Yeah. sponge. And there's no gatekeeper saying, oh, I'm, I'm not going to agree that I'm not stupid. Some school teacher says, this is your dumb klutz. So this happened to me. Yeah. I had a school teacher tell me I was a dumb klutz. I thought I was dumb for a long time. Yeah. So that's a perfect example, right? That's how powerful it can be. How powerful it is. I had mm. a school teacher and I was doing some lighting stuff at school and he said, Adam, you're dumb klutz and he was angry at me. And I never touched the lighting again, right? Mm. Scared, like talking about being scared, scaring your soul. Yeah. And I thought I was dumb. Mm. So I literally wasn't at school. I was at school physically. But I missed school. I wasn't there yeah, mentally. Mentally, I missed yeah. 110 days in year 10. Wow, it was three days a week. Couldn't go. Why is that? Just, just couldn't get oh, there. Just, just hanging at home as well. Yeah, I mean, I was just, I was just, I was daydreaming all the time. And mm. I'll be, in, I'll be in class, and the teacher would say, and I, and of course, we couldn't afford books. Mm. Often sharing a book with someone next to me, I was embarrassed to do it, and so I just didn't turn up. Wow. I remember one time I was down the creek. I'll take off time and. I remember I was sort of lying down, the, lying down the creek and, and I heard this noise over there. I looked up and it was, my, it was my brother doing the same thing. Was he? Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, all had, we all had it pretty. Well, mate, you must be pretty proud to see where you are now, where, where, where you're coming. And, and we'll get through it because I've got yeah. so many more yeah, questions yeah. for yes. you, mate. Mate, do you, you've touched on a little bit, do you, in terms of the positivity, but mm. an off air, which I'm happy to share, yeah. is your, which I was sort of inspired by, to be honest. You did a, a bit of a self meditation before we started. Do, do you have a morning routine? 
first thing I teach. The first thing I teach as a coach is a morning routine. Mm. Vital. It's the first thing Carl taught me. In fact, if I was to look back at the one thing that changed me the most that Carl taught me, it was meditation. Really? Yeah. Because, I mean, most of us are uncentered. Most of us aren't calm, centered, relaxed. My, my mantra is calm, centered, relaxed. I still use it since Carl taught me it. Mm. I'm calm, I'm centered, I'm relaxed. Because I've got an active mind. I mean, some, I mean, I've been, I haven't been diagnosed, but some people say I've got adult ADD. Right. And it's just not a bad thing. It's like, it's a, it's a genius thing. Mm. I've got a million things going on. I think fast, I speak fast, I act fast. I've, I can now, I'm able to do. Constantly got lots of thoughts. Yeah. And, yeah. But I also need to, to be centered as well. To mm. become a coach, I need to be centered. When I'm coaching someone, I'm slow, yeah. calm, centered, relaxed for them yeah. as well. Do you, do you have a constant theme in your life that you live by, Ed? Remember, I should, you did send me this question the other day. Not, yes, yes and no. All right. I have different themes. Changes. <clears throat> yeah, so I do a 30-day challenge. One of the questions I ask is, it's quite a theme. Mm. Usually it's letting go, loving, loving yourself, whatever it is. But for me, since Carl, since creating my theme, I have six-month blocks. Right. So I remember at one point it was letting go. So is that like setting yourself goals? Is that what you mean? Or, or, well, or it, it kind of happens naturally for me. Like right. I might, you know, I meditate into it every day. So, you know, letting go of my, my some traumas, letting go of my past, letting go of my attach, attachment to things. Is that what meditation does for you? I do two types of meditation. One's a silent meditation where I just be. Dark room, it... it uh, I eye things on and I'll sit back and there's nothing. Whatever comes in and it, and it takes ages to unscramble. Probably 25, 26 minutes in, you start going, you start being clear. Yeah. And they, they suggest you should do it an hour, hour in the morning, hour at night time, but it's a lot of time. Yeah. Um, but um, what were you saying? So the question was? Oh, your constant theme in your life. Like, yeah. It's, it's been so many. Yeah. Um, happiness was, and you know what? I have to say happiness. Okay. That's an, an overall theme. Mm. Wanting to be happy. Mm. Because I just not being happy a lot. Yeah, yeah, mate, it's powerful, yeah. mate. I, I just want to change tunes for a little bit, mm. and, and we will get back to this stuff. But, mate, you grew up like all of us in Melbourne, um, just loving sport, and yeah. Um, yeah, in particular for you, it was basketball. Yeah. Can you take me through what role sport has also, or basketball's played in your life as well? Oh, it's massive. It's it's a massive part of my life, and and um, you know from camaraderie. Um, connection to other guys, um, not having a father figure. My dad um, divorced when I was you know, one, so he wasn't around much. So I didn't mm. really have much of a father figure. So uh, as soon as I was old enough, I threw myself in the sport, and it happened to be basketball. Yeah, number eleven always. <laughs> um, but yeah, a, a huge impact, um, confidence-wise, um, the ability to to you know hold conversations with men. Mm. You know, like it was a huge part of it, and. And and um, setting goals. Did yeah okay yeah, there we go. And did that did the sport also help you find you know just you, you discover yourself there because you said you had some struggles at school yeah and then was that sport then also giving you something to look forward to or, or, or feel a part of? Well, I mean, it got to the point where I lived and breathed it. Yeah, so I was doing martial arts two nights a week, football two nights a week, basketball twice a week, running every day, and um, doing gym every day as well. Wow. So I was, I was from probably 15 to 20. And just before my 21st birthday, which is another 
reason. Another thing that I thought add in here, which really had a huge impact on me, was I overtrained and then I up in the hospital for six months. Really? So I, I got a, I got they they diagnosed me with multiple sclerosis. Sclerosis. Jeez. That, but they didn't tell me. My mum knew. I think my sister knew. I think my whole family knew. I'm not sure. But they never told me. Um, and then over over a period of time, it was it was sport. It was my aim out of that. I remember being in hospitals in the um, neurology ward at, at Austin Hospital, getting injections in my spine every couple of days, testing me up with lighting me up with with fluid. Um, mm. Wasn't a good time. Um, wow. But my friends, my basketball friends, visited me often. Yeah, and and I, I remember just saying to myself, "I want to get back and finish the season and win the championship." Yeah, and so that was always something that sport was. Sport got me through everything. Mm. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the same man. It got me oh, through. absolutely. Without it, without it, I and, and their friendships. Yeah, no, absolutely, mate. I really think you found yourself as a life coach and mm. and, and as a mentor and a spiritual life coach. I think mm. it really is your calling. Like yeah, you've. You've always been great with people, energetic, you know, positive. If Adam Edwards is spoken about, and this is the very last message anyone will ever hear, what what, what do you want to be remembered for, Ads? Mm. Yeah. It has to be a life of service. Mm. I, I know that's the answer to my personal happiness. Yeah. Until I started coaching... I never knew the kind of happiness that I would feel. After coaching someone, after you sit opposite someone for two hours and you help them organise their lives or their problems or, or help them see their trauma differently, it's, it's the highest high I've ever felt. Forget alcohol, forget the other stuff. It's, 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 I'm exhausted, but it's a high that I usually go for a walk a couple of hours after it. Phone call. Mate, isn't that it's amazing? That's amazing because we, we often, we always want, we always want and take, but it's often when we give, and for you, the service to others, that's giving you the most fulfillment and, as you just said, happiness. Oh, I, I keep thinking about um, you know, being at the bars and, and it was, I love people. It's a big thing, right? I don't, don't think you should be in coach unless you love people. You've got to love. Like I literally love people. Like, I meet people every night at those bars. I would have 200 conversations a night, two nights a week. Um, and my questions were always, I used to plan my questions before I went in there. Nothing I used to do. I'd be like, um, anything exciting in your life? You know, what, are you happy? What are you happy about? What's coming up that's cool? All those things. And like most of the time, that's why I wanted to become a coach because most people I'd say, anything exciting? They said no. Everyone was saying, nothing's exciting. I said, what do you mean? And I go, so, and then I would say, hey, um, When's your birthday or what's going on next week? They go, I'm going away to Geelong. I said, is that exciting? Yeah. Yeah, it's exciting. So people don't realise what's exciting and they lose the sight of little things. Right. The journey, right? Yeah, the journey. Oh, yep. I was excited about you coming here today. Really yep. excited about it. I know you were too, right? Yeah, absolutely. So just, just being excited again because um, – and this ties into happiness. Yeah. Mate, what can you um – what, what, what advice would you give? You've just mentioned serving others. What tips can you pass on to everyone listening and watching of how to create a better life for themselves and maybe something that you teach as a coach? Get a coach. Get a coach. <laughs> 100% no. This is not, nothing to do with me, whether I coach you or not. Get a coach. Someone with experience, someone older possibly that's had some life experience, someone who's, um, I'm not going to say like me, but someone who's... Um, You've been there, done that, and it's got something off, and some skills. I've got a mm. certificate in coaching as well. Yeah. Um, and then inevitably, it's always the same. The 
first thing I do with my clients is we go into beliefs. So once you can ascertain, because they'll, they'll say, you know, I hate myself. Mm. Okay, well, why? Why do you hate yourself? Where did it come from? So you've got to get back to the root of things. It's stripping everything back, isn't it? Well, it's like, you know, um, everything you learn, the, the meaning given to it was given to it by someone else. So everything you learn for those seven years, yep. those ten years, everything you learn, all the meaning for everything was given to you by someone else. Wasn't, wasn't you know, sort of discovered by yourself. No. Is yeah. Well, this is the thing. So when I said earlier that Carl tore me apart, mind, body and spirit, when I say tore me apart, he, he ripped back the layers until mm. I got to me. That was hard, man. Really hard because you have to look at yourself. And mate, credit to you to be honest, because oh, it, it, it's it's and I'm sort of going through this stage at the moment, just starting this podcast. Yeah. You know, working in sport my entire life is all I've ever known, and then now I've seen it with yourself. Completely switch careers, completely take a different direction, and obviously you look how um, mate happy and <laughs> and well you look at him. Well, you know what? And what come up then was, and often when I'm coaching, I just get these thoughts come up, but. Better stand for something, or you'll fall for anything. Jeez, mm. that's a good one. Right? If you don't stand for something, like I didn't stand for anything, so I fell into the nightclubs, mm. fell into alcohol, fell into drugs, fell into all the stuff that, you know, better stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Mm. This comes back to values. Yeah. Whoever looks at their values, what, what's your what's your number? What's your top five values? So in, in my coaching, we'll, a huge list of values. They'll go through them. They'll pick, pick the top ten. Then what, which out of those top ten, which is the top five? Out of those top five, top three, then we go to one. What's your number one value? If you live from that number one value, say it's health, then you'll do everything. Everything like for me, only nightclubs. You don't health's number one. You don't own nightclubs. No, you wouldn't have even gone there. And and health was number one for me. Mate, that's huge. So, I, so a whole career, twenty years owning nightclubs. Mm. And health was number one. So training and and you know get yeah. myself to a situation where just dis- destroy myself was like. You know, um, Groundhog Day. Mm. Really, it was. Yeah. Um, so, getting helping people get clear of their values is crazy because most people don't even know. Mm. I'll go. You know, just here, like wisdom, truth, spirituality, um, kindness, humor, um, giving back, financial connection, collaboration, adventure, achievement, courage, excellence. What, what is it? Mm. Like drilling down, getting clear of the top ten. You just circle, yeah, you know, circle ten. One that feel right to you. And then you go, okay, let's, let's wheel it down to the number one, or maybe yeah. the top three. That's a great message. And, so mate, powerful. so many things can be taken out of that. Mate, yeah. thanks so much for talking. We're leading yeah. on to the last couple of final questions now on something I always <laughs> ask all the guests. Um, mate, what, what are your three life lessons or pieces of advice that, you'd have, that you've learnt along your journey, which has been a great one, that you would encourage others to follow their dreams? So three, three lessons in life that you would... Pass on. Number one, find your purpose. Mm. Your dharmic path. The reason you're here. Mark Twain, I said to you earlier, mm. two most important days of your life, Mark Twain wrote in the 1800s. The two most important days of your life are the day you were born, the day you work out why. What are you here for? What are you here for? Mate, What's that. Adam Edwards meant to be doing? What's Chris Goodrow meant to be doing? What are you here for? Mm. That's number one, big time. Love it. Two, peace. Find peace. And I don't think you can get that peace until you get the fulfilment of being on your purpose, mm. tied in together. And the third one would be happiness. Purpose, peace, happiness. And you're not going to get peace and happiness until you, 
No, actually, not only, you know what? Actually, just I'll just read dig this. Um, peace is the key. So my my goal, my my number one value right now used to be what was it before? Um, health. Mm. It's now peace. Right. Because of you know this brain I've been given, and I and I tend to you know um, not focus well, and you know, yep. it's constant. Like I'm still taking in too much, but peace is where I get. Like the meditation I did earlier, yeah. Like before, almost everything. I'll, I'll go into the bedroom after this. I'll probably do a half now. Well, mate, like you said, when it's your value, yeah, you you make time for it, don't you? And you, and you live by it. Purpose, peace, happiness. You get your purpose. Purpose. What are you mm. born to do? What would you do for the rest of your life? You, you would. You, what would you do the rest of your life? You wouldn't have to get paid for. What would you do for the rest of your life? What would you do? What would you do? What would you do that got you out of bed in the morning, excited and happy about being there? Mm. When I was in those nightclubs, dreaded those last five years, miserable, depressing dread, like having to ring my wife before going into the club. I can't do this. Mm. I can't deal with another person. I can't deal with the energy drainers. And I can't deal with drinking and coming home at five in the morning and being exhausted again and having to do it the next day and having to have a couple of drinks just to get back into the bar again. Mm. Madness. Mm. So um, purpose, peace, and then peace leads to happiness. Right. Unreal. Mate, I just want to acknowledge your ads. I think, um, mate, for sharing your story today, uh, to be able to transform your life, as I said before, shift your direction and, and dedicate it to serving others and improving their quality of life, mate. I, I just think it's, um, you know, it's outstanding. You, you, and you do it with so much positivity and enthusiasm and, and um, mate, you talked about the vibe. I'm, I'm, mate, I'm vibing now. <laughs> I'm bouncing off the walls. Yeah, but, yeah. but, mate, thanks so much again for coming on the show. Where where, where can people find you? You've, you've got a website Adam and your Edwards. social. AdamEdwards.co. Yeah. Yep. So I'm just there. I'm on, I'm on Facebook, Instagram. I'm, I'm everywhere pretty much and yep. always posting positive stuff. And, and something I should say about the positive stuff, the stuff that I post – and this is, once again, feeling like you're calling. So my calling is to be a coach. I know it's my calling. And so when I post stuff, it, I'm called to it. Mm. So I might read 20 quotes and go, that one feels right. And because what happens in that space, a story comes up. All right, connect so with so it. It's, so it's guided. Yeah. Everything I do, <clears throat> that's once again, finding peace. Once you get to the place where you're calm and centred, you can be, you're not going to find your purpose too, by the way, until you get calm and centred and you move all the distractions. Yep. And ask yourself the question. I send to my clients all the time. Here's 20 videos on how to find your purpose. Listen to all of them and get a feeling for what purpose is. Oh, okay. I have a divine calling. I'm here for a reason. And what's something you do when you don't have to retire for? Mm. I was saying, like, I knew my wife. I said, I'm not going to be in the clubs when I'm 50. I didn't want to be in the clubs when I was 50. So I knew there was a period. I need to retrain. I had three and a half, four years to retrain my everything mm. and, and, and um, you know, move to a place where. I was on purpose. Yeah. Now I can do this as a coach. It's going to take me, you know, I'm 18 months into being a professional coach. It's going to take me another eight years to become a, a, you know, into mastery. Mm. Once you're in mastery, you can serve people much faster. You can serve more people. Mm. It's all about serving more people. Yeah, yeah. Mate, that's just exactly. And that's serve, just serve, before. serve, and that's where happiness is. Mate, final question. Mm. What's your definition of success? Well, I was listening to... Earl Nightingale this morning, he said, um, what do you say? The, um, having a worthy goal. But for me, the definition of success is, uh, uh, it's from, um, what's his name? Um, Tony Robbins. Doing what, what you want, when you want, as often as you want, with who you want, 
um, while making a difference in other people's lives. Mate, love it. And one other thing I just want to say, which is uh, I didn't get the chance to talk about this, was the three Gs. And what really changed me, it's really important, and it can go to the four Gs, but I'll go with the three Gs. When Carl, my coach, taught me the three Gs, I had a, I had a, a click, everything changed. Um, he said to apply this. It's got to be good for you. It's got to be good for others. It's got to be good for the greater good, right? So when he said apply that to the nightclubs, was it good for me? No. Mm. Was it good for others? Getting people drunk, is that good for others? Is no. it good for the greater good? So, and is it good for your legacy? So maybe four Gs. But I applied the to coaching, good for me? F, F yes. Yeah. For others? Hell yes, good for the greater good. And so moving to life of service, you have to answer those three questions. The three Gs of life. Once you get those three, apply to anything you're doing. If, it's it, true. if any of them are no, then you're on the wrong path. Mate, you're a legend. Hey. Thanks for coming on, mate. Really appreciate it. But um, thanks, Ads. Thanks, brother. Outstanding. Wow, what a timely and powerful episode that was with spiritual life coach Adam Edwards. Adam discussed how to look for inner peace and discovering your purpose is what will lead to your happiness. He emphasised the importance of becoming really clear on what is important to you and defining what your values are. But how about this one? To finish up on, you need to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. I loved it, guys, and I hope you did too. And just a reminder, guys, if you enjoyed this episode today, please share it with your friends, tag me on Instagram, and subscribe to Apple iTunes and Spotify accounts so you don't miss an episode. Until next time, you guys know what to do. Get out there, face those fears, and live those dreams. You'll be okay.